to Mystery Beers episode number 244 of... Brutal Battle. We are back to Mystery Beers. It has been a while, and the last time we did Mystery Beers, it was a situation where I knew what they were, but Rebecca did not. Yeah, so they're only mystery for me. Yeah, so it was like half Mystery Beers. Yeah. Now we're doing full-on Mystery Beers, because we met up with Kelly and Kyle Norman... And they decided, you know, it's been a while since there have been Mystery Beers episodes, so let's give them Mystery Beers. They had beers they were going to give us anyway, but then they were like, oh no, hold on, let's stop and buy some little brown paper individual baggies for for the cans, because I think they're all cans. And uh, then they can be Mystery Beers. So they did tell us they're all from good breweries, but that's all we know. But that also doesn't mean they'll be good, necessarily, because, yeah. you know, good breweries miss here and mm-hmm. there. It is a bad thing. beer. But forgive us if we're a little bit rusty, because it's been a long time since we've done this format, but we are going to start with a warm-up beer, then we're going to talk about a topic, like we usually do for these Mystery Beers episodes. It shouldn't take too long. And then we'll do the two Mystery Beers at the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. obviously, doing them totally blind... We're ranking them, or I'm sorry, not ranking them, rating them, and averaging it out to see which one wins. So, let's start with the uh, the warm-up beer, because this was requested by, by Rebecca. And why did you request it? Because it's Halloween, and we needed a pumpkin beer. We are recording on Halloween, so Rebecca said, we gotta have pumpkin beer, and I was like, we have one pumpkin beer. But it is a good pumpkin beer, I do believe. And you know me, I'm not big on pumpkin beers. And Rebecca has become less into pumpkin beers as the years have gone on for very good reasons. Uh, It's gotten out of control. But this is by Brewery Fire. So so thank you, Brewery Fire. This is one of the beers that Jesse Johnson had gifted us. And it is the Foolish Fire, which they just say is a pumpkin ale. And it is 6% alcohol. So not high. That's good. And 16-ounce can. So. And we have had this before. Yeah. And we liked it. Yes. We had it when we went over, when we went to pick up the nine uh, from him that we had on a previous episode. I'll just start you with a little bit for now. And then if you want more, you can just grab it while we're talking or whatever. Because, hey, warm-up beer. Yeah. It's also been a long time since we've done a warm-up beer. But here we go. What does it look like? It's very orange. It's pretty clear. It's clear. I love to see that. Yeah, very amber. A lot of head hanging out on the top with the agitated pour. But yeah, I love how clear it looks. Smells malty, a little spice. Yeah, there are spices in there, but they're low level, Mm -hmm. which is what I like when it comes to beers like this. If it's a pumpkin beer, I want it to be focused on the pumpkin, not on the spices, typically. Every now and then I'm cool with something like a, you know, Pumpkin by Southern Tier that goes heavy on the spices, because I think they do a good job with those, but for the most part, I'm more into the heavy on the pumpkin, very light on the spices, and that's what this smells like. Yeah, real light nose, though. Yeah, and it's... You know, pumpkin on the smell can give you, like, that kind of yam-type mm-hmm. smell. And sometimes it's interchangeable. Like, people do a pumpkin beer with yam, or people will do, you know, a pumpkin pie with yams. It's just a thing. Actually, I think sweet potatoes are more... They People actually do it with um something else as well. I don't know. Anyway. 
You went in for a sip. I went in for a sip. sip. I'm definitely getting the cinnamon. I'm getting like Mm, some ginger. The cinnamon is definitely the strongest in it, but it's not too strong. It, It like raises up. Like, it hits your palate initially, raises up a little bit to a point where you're like, oh, no, is this going to be too much? And then it stops maybe, like, midway to yeah. the too much. And it's good. I like it. Really nice and malty, not too sweet, thankfully. Yeah, and you said you're getting, like, a ginger in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. Pumpkin-y flavor, pumpkin-slash-yammy mm-hmm. flavor to it. It's light, but it's flavorful. Yeah. It's also crisp. Yeah, and I feel like all brewery fire beers have that crisp, clean... Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the things I love about brewery fire is everything is crisp. Everything is clean. It doesn't taste like muddy beers. Yeah. Even when they're beers that that are hazy. You know, like when we've had their hazy IPAs, they still taste crisp. They still taste clean. So, um... I think really in general, there's been way too much of breweries just getting beers that just taste muddy no matter yeah, what. It's hard to differentiate flavors. Yeah. And it's just not good. Like, it's just, it just doesn't, well, I mean, it's not good to us. Some yeah. people are fine with it. Some people like it. For us, we, we really don't like it. But yeah. As far as pumpkin beers go, I really do dig mm-hmm. this. I can, like, legit drink it, and I'm not big into pumpkin beers. So it's a good Halloween beer. It is. It is definitely good for getting you in the spirit. So, let's talk our topic. What's our topic this time, Rebecca? Uh, cost of beer rising. Yes. So, it's specifically an article from Bloomberg that actually came out on October 29th of 2021. So, very recent. It's called, It's Last Call for Cheap Beer. Basically, what Rebecca said that The cost of beer has already gone up, but it's going to be going up even more most likely because of a lot of things, and we will talk about a lot of those things. So I actually screenshotted on my phone a few of the what I believe were like the key excerpts I wanted to read. So I'm just going to do the key excerpts, and then we can talk about each of the excerpts uh, if we have anything to say with those. So the first one. Input costs have been rising globally across industries, fueled by a confluence of events. Extreme weather that's destroying global crops, a labor shortage that's crippling the transport sector, shipping log jams at many of the world's biggest ports, and a worsening energy crisis in Europe and Asia. But the run-up in commodity costs couldn't have come at a worse time for the global beer sector, which is just starting to recover from the coronavirus pandemic that shuttered bars, restaurants, and sporting venues around the globe. Right. This comes at a bad time because people are just rebounding a little bit from the pandemic. Yeah, and the key is a little bit. Because if people really think about it, when all the lockdowns started in 2020 because of the pandemic, breweries were kind of scrambling to figure out what they could do. Especially breweries who were primarily getting their beer in front of people through like bars and other venues they needed to shift and they needed to start bottling or canning or whatever. And what makes the most sense like cost wise and ecologically is um, cans. And therefore, you know, it'll be in an excerpt coming up. Uh, the aluminum, aluminum cost. Yeah. Aluminum shortage, aluminum cost going up, all that type of stuff. But there's other stuff as well. So this, it really, the article's good at highlighting the fact that 
they took a hit like a lot of other industries and they're just starting to crawl back and they're taking another big hit right now. So where are we going? You know, what is this going to mean for beer? You know, obviously people would probably think this probably means that I'm going to pay more for beer, but it becomes this cost benefit analysis of can certain breweries eat some of that cost and be okay because they want to make sure they can continue to sell a certain volume or do they feel like they can't, eat that cost and they they have have to to pass pass it all on. And then is that going to scare away consumers? Right. Cause I, I mean, I do. And I want to get your thought on this. Don't you think that in general craft beer consumers are more comfortable with paying extra? Well, yes, because it it does automatically cost more rather than, I mean, if you go in and buy a case of craft beer versus a case of Miller Lite, you, you're going to be spending more. Right. And also, I think that craft beer consumers are also more used to small price bumps because they're more used to paying. They're used to paying more. So when there's a little extra being added, they're more fine with it than someone yeah. who's looking for the cheaper stuff because it matters less to the people going for craft beer. Um, most likely. Not everyone. Uh, I think the other thing ends up being that there's usually a focus of, like, helping the breweries when it's on a craft level. I feel like with a lot of craft beer drinkers, they're kind of in this mode of, well, I support local. Right. Or I, or I support independent. I, I support small. So when they see that price bump, they kind of rationalize it as, I'm helping this company out, which I like. Right. Versus one of these big conglomerates where, you know, it's AB InBev or something and people are like, um, I don't want them to have more of my money. They're already very rich. Mm-hmm. And that goes to kind of the heart of one of these problems, which is some of these breweries really can't not pass on the cost. Right. Because they're they're already, so oper- yeah, they're already operating with such a small profit margin, just trying to get a foothold in their market. It's a bad situation. <laughs> And potentially going to be worse, especially when you consider the fact that there are so many breweries now, and there are still breweries opening. During this tough time, there are still breweries opening. And think about what those breweries are going to have to go through. Mm -hmm. Like, you're coming into a market already having to adjust to worse conditions. How are you going to get a foothold? You might not. All right, the next excerpt. Um, So... 75% of global beer consumption showed a recovery in the first half of 2021 with volumes rising 7.5% compared to the same period in 2020. That's according to Brandy Rand, who's chief operating officer for the Americas at data provider IWSR Drinks Market Analysis. Still, compared to the first half of 2019 overall, beer volume is down 5.7% still. That's all beer volume or just craft beer volume? In general, beer volume. all beer volume. Yeah. So 7.5% rebounded, but still down 5.7% from 2019. Interesting. So. That's kind of surprising to me. That it rebounded that much? No, that it's still down. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, there, and here's a, a qu- uh, quote. There's pressure coming from every direction. Uh, uh, it's definitely hitting home for brewers. 
Oh, I guess I didn't need to read that. That wasn't a very important quote. (laughs) (laughs) I thought because it was in that snapshot that it was, you know, okay. Anything to say about that? I'm thinking no. That kind of just backs up what we already said. Okay, the next one. Barley prices are largely to blame for the rising beer costs. After dry weather scorched fields in North America, which typically produces enough barley to account for about 20% of global commercial beer production. The European Union has also cut its barley crop estimate after rain dented the quality of the harvest. Barley output shrunk 34% to the second smallest harvest since 1968 in Canada, the fifth largest producer, while American farmers reaped the smallest crop since 1934, just after Prohibition ended. Hmm. So really, you know, when there there's that comparison, it's telling you how dire this yeah. is becoming. And it's not just, oh, it's the impact of the pandemic. Oh, it's the impact of costs going up. It's a lot up. of different oh, things. Oh, it's the impact of, you know, the log jams at the ports and shipping stuff. Yeah, it's it's the the product that you need to make beer is have it's becoming less available, which then drives up cost, obviously. So it's becoming more expensive, but it's becoming more scarce at the same time. Uh, and so it's not sounding good. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a whole lot of not sounding good. Maybe there's a silver lining somewhere. I don't know, but I can't see it at this the moment. This is all doom and gloom. It is. It is. That's why we have Mystery Beers to end. Yeah. Because that'll bring our, hopefully, that'll bring our uh, our mood up. At the same time, aluminum prices, key for canning the finished product, are also rising. The global aluminum price recently touched the highest level in 13 years, while the North American cost to ship the metal rose to a record this year. That's crazy. It's just aluminum. Right. And now it's the product costs more, but shipping it costs more as well. So it's a double whammy. I wonder if you're going to see more breweries go back to glass. That's well, the glasses, right? And there, I feel like that then becomes a possibility. That would be interesting. Yeah, that does become a possibility. So, I don't know. Do brew? I don't know. What do you think? What do you do? You think that's a better option, or do you think that that's something that can scare people away? I don't know the price. You know, I don't know. Right. But I also feel like popularity-wise, people are looking for beers and cans. Yeah. So, where it was before, people were like, there literally were people before, before cans became popular, where people were like, oh, if it's in a can, it gives it a metallic taste. Oh, if it's in a can, it just doesn't taste as good as in a bottle. But we've obviously gotten past that, and it's more um, popular to put it in cans. Do we get the reverse now, of where people are like, oh, it's just better in a can, and I don't want to go back to these glass bottles. Sure, there are breweries who never left the glass bottles, but... Usually they're doing both. Mm-hmm. It's usually not doing just one of those things. So, depending on the style. So you may have a problem if you do switch to glass, getting your consumer to accept that. Plus, it's rebranding in a sense, right. and rebranding is always a little bit tough because it's are people are people going to walk past it right. in a liquor store because there are so many beers on the shelf. And they're looking for that specific beer that looks a specific way. They could walk past it because they're used to seeing a can, and now it's in a in a bottle. Yeah. So we'll Oof. wait and see what happens. I'm glad I'm not a brewery owner. Yeah. Is what hard I have to decisions. say. Hard decisions. Hard uh, decisions. Very hard decisions. Especially because 
I know to I know some people in in the brewery business who feel bad about making price hikes. Yeah. They feel bad for the consumer. Like they feel they don't just feel like this is just the consumer is paying my bills and making me money. They feel like we're a community. Like we mm-hmm. like these people. Like we're producing a good product and they give us beer for it, but we're also close to these people. Yeah. And so they feel bad when they make those hikes. But it's tough, man. It's really I hope we come out the end of this much better. Um, hopefully the barley crop rebounds. Hopefully things get fixed with, you know, en- the energy scarcity in Europe and Asia and the log jams of shipping and everything. Yeah. But that's going to take time. And in that, in the meantime, as it takes time to adjust. What's going to happen? Right. You're, you I'm going to guess you're going to lose some breweries. You're going to lose breweries. But I'm also going to be honest. We have too many, in my opinion. There are too many. Not everyone can have a brewery. They really can't. Just saying. Okay. Mystery beers? Oh, I was going to ask anything else you want to cover on the top. No. If you guys have input or things you want to say about it that you want to get to us, you can email us at brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com, and we will read that, and we will also get back to you. Also, if you just have, like, ideas or want to say hi or whatever, you can email as well. So let's go to the mystery beers. Uh, we have, we're have we back to A and B. And Rebecca said that she was really hoping we would get a stout. So the first one that was poured, it's a stout. It, well, it, we think. We think. It appears to be, by the way it looks, a stout. Um, the second one, very different, but we'll get to that. So A, looks like a stout. Yeah, it's dark. It's just very dark. Can't see through it. There's... Like a little tan head, but it's very small bubbles around the edges. What does it smell like? It sounds real chocolatey. Ooh. I smell like... It smells like Oreos. Yes, because I was going to say it's a little vanilla-y as well. It's like chocolate, vanilla, nice roastiness to it. It's definitely chocolate vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, and I get... A- the roastiness is, the more I sniff it, like slightly coffee on the finish, but not super coffee. It just smells creamy. It does smell creamy. It smells sweet. Yeah, it does smell sweet. It smells like it might be too sweet, so I'm a Find little out. bit concerned. Does it, smell, it smells a little hoppy, too. Not like insanely hoppy, but like there's a little more hop character to it than I would assume for a beer that looks this dark. You feel that? I'm not getting any hop characteristics. Okay. I feel like I get a little. Okay. Okay. I also get a little leather. There's a slight leather coming through in the very end as well. Okay. You sipped it? I sipped it. It's definitely sweet. Ooh, it is sweet. It's not crazy, though. It's borderline too sweet, but I think it's still in check. Definitely the vanilla, definitely the chocolate. Yeah. This has to be some sort of like... It's kind of smooth. Cookie. This has to be like an Oreo cookie step. Yeah, someone's take on like an Oreo cookie. It's definitely like that Oreo cookie vanilla lard filling. Yes. Which I always call it a lard filling. I will always do that. But yeah, no, so much chocolate, so much of that vanilla flavor to it. And that sweetness. Very... Pretty sweet, but not too sweet. I am I am fine with this. The flavors do finesse together very well as mm-hmm. well. Like 
they're not out competing each other, thankfully, and I like that. It's got a slightly bitter, chalky finish. You think so? Slightly. I still think it's like sweet all around. And I don't really taste that coffee note that no. I said I was slightly getting in the nose. No, definitely no coffee. I like this. It's okay. I like it. Doesn't it also taste like a slight bit hoppier? No, I'm not getting any hop characteristic. Mm. I feel like I get some hops. Like a little bit of like a slight low-level citrusy. Hmm. It's good, though. I like it. I like it. Okay. I'm down. Okay, you want? You probably want some water. You'll need some. We'll leave that for now, then come back and give it our number in comparison to beer, num- beer number B. Beer letter B. <laughs> so this one, very different looking. When I poured it, I was like, that is pink. It's pink. Um, very pink. Uh, it's got very fine carbonation on the edges. Very fine. Uh, so it looks beautiful. A uh, little bit hazy. Not super hazy, but a little hazy. Yeah. Does it? it? Sounds like cherry. There is cherry, but does it smell a little buttery to you? No. Cherry. There's a like a soft salinity to the nose. Yes. It smells like a goza. Yeah, it does smell very goza-ish. Yeah. Cherry. Little um, lemony tartness. Slight. It's definitely tart. It's not sour smelling. Definitely not. I'm getting like a floral floral characteristic too. Like a hibiscus. Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely get like a hibiscus note coming off it. It smells good. Yeah, it does smell good. It smells subdued. Because you, like, you see this color and you could think like, oh, it's going to have like this crazy fruity sour nose. It doesn't. It's very even keel. It's very subdued. So that makes me very interested for the flavor because I'm hoping it's kind of more like easy finessed, but we'll see. A little raspberry. Yes, I yeah, definitely see raspberry as well. Ooh, I like this. Ooh, it's very soft and delicate, but very juicy and fruity. It's very light mm-hmm. on the palate. Do you feel like there's a spice in there? Hmm. I feel like there's a little bit of, like, a cinnamon. I'm not perceiving that. Hmm. I, yeah, I feel like I get some sort of little spice. It's like a little bit of, like, a nutmeg and cinnamon kind of mixed in together. Okay. There's a, there's a salinity to it. It's very soft as far as the tartness goes. Like we were saying for the nose, definitely not sour. Definitely just tart. Just tart. Slightly tart. Very yeah, slightly but very, tart. Yeah, not. Yeah. It's it's coming off more just like a fruit beer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really definitely feeling more of the cherry. Yeah. Definitely more cherry to it. I feel like this could be like a cherry pie beer. Yeah, I could see that. Like someone's take on like a cherry pie. Because like I said, I'm, I'm definitely getting some sort of yeah, it's... spice. Yeah. Maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe it's been too long since I've done blind tasting, but just saying. Yeah, I could see that. I'm also getting some orange. Well, that's where, that would go with that hop character you were talking about. 
I see where you're getting it, but I think that's also kind of like the rolling together of like the tartness with the overall fruit. It's like before you taste the cherry, kind of. Mm, I see what you're saying, but I mean, they're both really good, in my opinion. Now, the rating, it's been a while since we rated, too, so. I mean, I will say this, too. If you go back to the to beer A, it tastes less sweet now, after having beer B. For me. Yes, less sweet. It's more, like, focused on, like, that vanilla chocolate. Chocolatey. Yeah. But not too much. These are both good. I yeah. definitely am a fan of both of these. I gotta figure out which one I like more, though. I know which one I like more. I like both of them quite a bit. And your quite a bit ratings are very weird, though. Yeah. For people who have not listened to our well, I mean, ratings. And it may have changed a little bit in my age, and since we haven't done this in a while, so... Okay, I got it. I'm going to go a 6 on A. I really like that. I also am going to go 6 on A. Okay. So overall 6. I'm going to go a 5 on B. I'm going 7 on B. Okay, so they tie. Oh, no. No, it's fine. It's totally... Has that ever like, happened? Yeah, that's happened okay. before. We can do that. That's totally fine. We could. That's more than valid. We can have ties. So yeah. you like A more. I did. I definitely liked A a little bit more, and yeah. They're both really good, though. I, I'm really digging both of them, so. I'm interested to see what they are. Yeah, so which do you want first, A or B? Review? Doesn't matter. Let's just go A, since we tasted that one first. Sure. Okay, so my favorite of the episode. Oh, Grist House. Oh. It's from Grist House, uh, out of Pittsburgh. Oh, interesting. Okay, this is their Into the Hollow... It's in a 16-ounce can. It is... Are you ready for this? Stout brewed with blueberries, blackberries, vanilla, and lactose. What? I'm not getting the fruit. We're getting, like... The vanilla, for sure. Yeah. And we got that creaminess from the lactose, lactose. for sure. Blueberries, blackberries... Maybe that's why I was saying it was tasting a little more on the hoppy side, because of, like, a brighter fruitiness, but I don't... I'm not really, like... Where's all that sweetness coming from? There's just the fruit? You still have some left in your glass. Are you getting it now that you know what it is? No. Well, okay. I could see it slightly. I guess that is where that sweetness is coming from. What is the ABV? Here, do you need another little sip? Oh, yeah. What is the ABV? I, I might need to say that. I don't know if it's on here. If it's on here, it's on the bottom. Nope, it's not on here. Oh, I wonder what it is. Uh, I can look it up into the hollow because I have my phone near me. But I don't taste the. Re- I don't really taste the fruit. Not that that's a bad thing. It because, still tastes good. Yeah, because obviously we still really like the beer. It's it's a very nice beer, but it's just very. It's a head scratcher at the same time. All right, let me look up Grist House. I thought for sure there was Oreo cookie in it. What are you gonna guess that the ABV is? What does it taste like to you? Eight. It, it tastes like that to me. Maybe even like seven and a half. It's ten. 
It's 10? <laughs> it's 10. I had a sneaking suspicion it was higher than I thought. That's impressive to me. Yeah. That's very... I mean, it's an impressive beer. It's good. I think it's an impressive beer. I like it a lot. Not getting the fruit. No. But that's not a problem. Still tastes but, good. But if you're going into it thinking you're going to get it... Bingo. You'll be disappointed. That's where I was going to go. Unless yes. we're just weird. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. I agree. But still really nice. Really nice beer. Interesting. Okay, so let's find out what beer B is. This was Rebecca's favorite. Yeah. But, I mean, it was close for me, too. This one is by 11th Hour Brewing Company. Have we, We've had them on the podcast, like, once. Where are they out of? They're out of... I don't think I've ever even heard of them. It's hard for me to see. Also Pittsburgh. Is that a cherry pie on the front? It's also Pittsburgh. I don't... I haven't looked at that yet. I'm looking for... Okay, I don't know. It is their slice, strawberry, dark cherry, sweet cherry, 5% ABV. Yeah, it's a piece of cherry pie on the front. And what is it? Strawberry, dark cherry, sweet cherry. Well, we definitely got the cherry. And with that pie on there, that would insinuate to me... Wait, does it say what's... Oh, yeah, it says what's in here. Made with juicy strawberries, dark and sweet cherries, conditioned on graham cracker crumbles, vanilla beans, and brown sugar. Uh, the graham cracker is where I'm getting the cinnamon from. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed with myself on that. Yeah. Because I was, didn't I say it was like a pie? You did. Some sort of like fruit pie take? I'm not losing it, people. You're not. My palate's still, still good. You still <laughs> like, got it. We can still do this. Although some people may get on us for not getting fruit in the into yeah. the hollow, but very good beers. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 happy and and throw into it the foolish fire by Brewery Fire and we're, good we're doing all right. We're doing yeah. better than all right tonight. So that was fun. Um, we do have more of these mystery beers episodes coming up because Kyle gave us enough for I think three more. Okay, I think three more. So we'll have more mysteries coming your way. I think I might break them up, though. Because since we haven't done, like, a ton lately, I don't want to, like, blow our wad and just be like, here's all of them. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, so I might kind of break them up with some other episodes so people can savor it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this was a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Kelly and Kyle Norman. We really do appreciate it. And shout out to Olivia Norman. And I think Rebecca should say something for her. That juice, brah. <laughs> Even though we didn't have that juice. We didn't have that juice. Maybe there's some of that juice in these mystery beers, though. Probably not, because he would know not to get That's true. He, he has kind of shied away from giving us uh, hazy IPAs, because he knows we're not the biggest fans. So he's finding other things, which is great, based off what we're seeing here. So yeah, very into it. Like I said, send us emails, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram. Brutal Battle Podcast. That's the biggest one. On Untapped. Rebecca, Rebecca C. C. Carlin C. or Carlin Cook. You can be our virtual friends there. If you want back episodes, the website, BrutalBattle.com. It's not like the best looking website, but you can get back episodes. Or go to Archive.org, which is where the files are hosted, and just search Brutal Battle. You can get all that there. And please, please, please consider rating and review us, reviewing us on whatever podcatcher you use. Because that really does help get us more visibility and giving us word of mouth recommendations because people listen to people. But anyway, thank you everyone for checking this out. It's great to be back to these episodes. And until next time, keep it brutal. I feel so-